this whole thing is trash canned. <laughs> Figuratively, literally, emotionally. Oh, you guys it's remember trash canned? Oh my God. This is it. We're living it. Enjoy the ride. Hi, Jillian Bethavali. Hi, Patrick Hines. You guys, if you want more Jillian and me, join us on the Patreon over 200, 300. Something like that. Something like that. Full ad-free bonus apps for you to download and binge the second you sign up. Right now, where are we right now? Uh, We're wrapping up Heist, or we might be in the middle of Lula Rich. Who knows? I know. Um, No, what we did, you know, the Gacy thing on Peacock. We did The Vow, Night Stalker, Heaven's Gate, The Jinx, Making a Murderer, all those those Every long-form series you guys have ever wanted to discover. Tell me about this Lula Rich. What am I in store for? Racist, misogynistic leggings. How many times do I have to say it? And they're stinky. How many episodes is it? Four. Okay. All right, we're going to do it, you guys. I have thoughts and feelings. I mean, (laughs) that's what we pay you for, GP. I don't know. You guys also add free versions of these episodes. You get early access to our live shows, to our merch, after parties. Sometimes we send you some stuff in the mail. There's no reason to not join the Patreon. Yeah, if you, you know, everyone's invited. If you can swing by and make it, we'd love to have you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, girl, I'm going to ask you what we're talking about today in just one quick second. But can I just tell you, I'm done with the sports. I know. You've been through a lot. I know. (laughs) It's been a lot. I really am done with the sports. What are we talking about today? We're talking about, it's that Untold series. So we did Mal at the Pal. Yes. And uh, The Lesbian Boxers one, yes. Yeah. And now this is called Crime and Penalties. Not Crimes and Penalties. Crime and Penalties. This is about hockey and the mafia. I'm I'm looking forward to getting your take on it all. But, like, I don't need to watch any any more sports. You never know when someone's going to snap a leg. This is barely about sports. And you're still over it. There's like hardly any sports in it. A gentleman by the name of Jimmy Galante bought his 17-year-old son his own hockey team. I'm the president of the Danbury Trashers and I'm 17 years old. <laughs> this was the largest investigation I've ever been a part of. Jimmy was the real Tony Soprano. We were the bad boys of hockey. A freak mix of pro wrestling and the mighty ducks. I made it very clear if you do something to embarrass this league, you're going to be dealt with. It was a gangster mentality. They're going at it. Every player was getting paid under the table. I'm supposed to say that or no? We dominated. It was a shit show. I consider the team a family. I didn't have to be a rocket scientist to assume that something bad was going to happen. So my first note is, I just have, oh shit, we're jumping right in. We meet Richard Brosol, the UHL commissioner, whatever the fuck that we is. We get an incredibly long, totally out of context yes. coming up on. Yes. So, but basically the gist is for the first 10 minutes where nothing, you're like, who is that? What's happening? Basically this mob guy yeah. bought his rich entitled son a hockey team and everyone's here and the kid's 17 years old and they're all entitled assholes and I, I hate every last one of them. I have no use for any of them except for maybe one-eyed Willie. Oh my God. Maybe. So like we start yes. maybe and yeah. you know, it's about Jimmy Galante who's the quote original Tony Soprano. You guys, we're following this guy, Richard. He's the commissioner of whatever the fuck league of hockey this is he's going to meet with this guy Jimmy Galante in his office in Danbury Connecticut and he pulls up and he's like I'm going through the front gate and you see this humongous humongous operation 
50, 60, 70 large trash trucks, and then these big warehouses. I'm thinking to myself, where am I going? What the fuck? He's like, it's a trash operation. It's waste management. Waste which is like management. A wink, wink, nudge, <laughs> right. nudge, waste management, please. But it's like a huge operation. He's got 50 trash trucks, 400 employees. And like this guy, Galante, his reputation precedes him. He's helped with the local schools. He's donated to the hospitals. He helps with the children nearby. And so this guy, Richard, the reason he's going to meet with him is because he just bought like a minor league hockey team. And this guy, Richard, kind of has to give the sign off. And interspersed, it's like, oh, Jimmy's so intimidating. He's right. this, he's that. And so there's a framed photo of his, in his office <laughs> signed by James Gandolfini himself. Yeah. I sat down with Jimmy. had a big photo mounted on the wall. It's uh, James Gandolfini. It's Tony Soprano. But it's signed to Jimmy uh, to the real Tony Soprano. I've heard rumors that they based the Soprano series off of this family. Is this real? I'm counting yeah. on you for this. Yeah. I it, mean, really? Yeah. Like, waste management, waste management. You have AJ, AJ Galante, you have AJ and the Sopranos. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of um, parallels. I'm going to say this. This is going to maybe surprise you. Okay. I don't fully hate Jimmy Galante. Oh. There are things about him that are hard to not like. Same with his son, AJ. AJ, the 17-year-old here. Okay. I'm interested to hear about them because they went right the fuck over my head. There are, there are some things about them that I find a little bit endearing. But we meet Jimmy, right? And Jimmy's yeah. like... Jimmy's here, which is like a little bit of a surprise to me. And he's here to tell us... And because of the publicity that I've gotten over the years, a lot of people find me unapproachable. There were a lot of things that went on, and uh, let me just say I can still look myself in the mirror every day. I don't have a problem. And you know, I don't have a problem. And if people find me intimidating, that's their problem. Yeah, and he also is like sitting for this interview, and mm-hmm. you get the vibe that he said, I got 15 fucking minutes for this. Right. I will crack all your skulls if I'm one minute over that. Yeah, he's not that engaging. He's no. pretty boring. He's a terrible storyteller. <laughs> right. He's really got nothing to say, to be honest. So this guy, Richard, who was the commissioner of this minor league hockey league or whatever, yeah. is saying Jimmy was really funny, and he was very charming, and he was very nice, and then his 17-year-old son that he just bought the fuck hockey team for walks in and he's like he looked like a punk got the big big silver and gold chain he's got the diamond earrings daddy bought his 17 year old son his own hockey team and he gets to do whatever he wants with it and he's like, all fun and games aside, you guys, I swear to God, take this shit seriously or else. Right. That doesn't happen. No. Um, let's go back to 1986 when AJ sure. was born. Okay. Yeah. So this is kind of where I'm a little bit endeared to Jimmy. So AJ's born into wealth. I yes. mean, the pools, the trains, the go-karts. Like, <laughs> yes. And at first you're like, oh, typical rich kid stuff, yeah. right? Wrong. Yeah. So at seven years old, AJ would be at the office, which again is waste management. Yeah. And I, there are legit people in waste management, but sure. it's very... Very tied to the mob. Yeah. And so at seven years old, AJ would be at the office and Jimmy, to his son, who's selling lemonade, right. would be like, yo, how much did you extort today, I son? Know. Like, but a real company made that lemonade sign. Usually, normal right. kids get out the crayons yeah. and the oak tag or whatever. Or go to camp. Like, why are you bringing your kid in the summer to the office? Like, the thing is, Jimmy says, my son AJ was the love of my life. Five minutes to eight on August 14th. I can't explain it. AJ, uh... 
love of my life. Now, he also has a daughter who we only meet for like five seconds. Uh, the women don't, uh, they're meaningless. The daughter and the wife and the mom, nowhere yeah. to be found. Like, I have a real issue with that. But I will say that, like, Jimmy loves his son. And he's a great dad. And he really cares about being a good dad. And, like, yes, he brought his son up in the mafia. And, yes, he, like, did not really teach him how to be a good person. Mm-hmm. But he really loved him. And I thought that was cute. I didn't have a dad, Jillian. Cut me some slack. Okay. I guess I was blinded by the toxic masculinity. I guess that's... We'll get or the, the you were blinded by the presence of a father in your own life. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. The it, privilege of it all. I know, I know. You're dripping in patriarchal privilege. I know. <laughs> My dad's great. I don't know what to tell you. How problematic is that? Right? I know. Cancel me, right? Totally. <laughs> um, then we get this story that, for my money, never fucking happened. But in second grade, AJ realizes he's not like the other kids because the teacher right. asks a room full of second graders about life lessons. Joey says, don't take candy from strangers. Sam said, uh, don't go into someone else's car if you don't know them. I was, you don't rat on anybody and you always be a stand-up guy. But yeah, mine was, uh, you don't rat on anyone, you always be a stand-up guy. Right. <laughs> Wait, here's my question. Because The Sopranos was on when, like, AJ would have been in middle school. Mm-hmm. Did everybody know? Yeah. Okay. I'm sure. And was I'm he sure. cool or not cool? Um, You get the sense he had no friends. Yeah, because he goes from, like, a super nerd yeah. to just, like, the biggest entitled douchebag. I preferred right. him when he was a super nerd. <laughs> totally. I always do. <laughs> but, yeah. So, super nerd. And also, that like. be a superhero. Where's that fucking oh movie with John Hamm? Seriously, super nerd. That's amazing. But also, like, by his 10th birthday, AJ was obsessed with wrestling. So Jimmy Galante. This is bananas. This is bananas. Yeah. Gets all, like, the big time professional wrestlers of the time to his house, which literally looks like Tony Soprano's house. Oh, yeah. Exactly the same. That horrible, like, white brick, right. those McMansions yeah. with not an ounce of character yeah, in yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. You so, guys, but, the like, fucking rock is at this kid's birthday rock, party. like, chilling. Yeah. Like, with the kids yeah. in the pool. Like, Triple H, China. Remember I know, China? I know. If, like, my mom had done the right thing when she found out that I was obsessed with Lilith Fair, can you imagine? I know. Paula Cole, the Indigo Girls are at my birthday Yeah. Ani DeFranco. Ani DeFranco. Like, Lisa Loeb. Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, yeah. That would have been the party of the decade where I grew up. Party, party. So, tears and rage and what a party. And sharing. You know, like, emotionally. Feelings. Yeah. Connecting. Um, (laughs) But then, AJ's life totally changed. Then... Something happened in my life, and it was a very big turning point. The Mighty Ducks, that was the, the first start of it all. He experienced the timeless, <laughs> life-changing piece of cinema that is the Mighty Ducks. The Mighty Ducks. You know one of those kids went to my college? Eldon, Alden something? Eldon? He's like the one that looked like me, basically. Like the big fat kid. Oh like, my God. Yeah, he went to my college and he was like a celebrity at college because he was in the Mighty Ducks. Because the Mighty Ducks was the biggest thing on earth. I know. Is that right? Time. Yes. I really had a thing for Emilio Estevez. Like a real, a real sex thing. There's now the Anaheim Ducks. Like, what? and it's basically the same logo no as way. the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. It's a whole thing. The Mighty Ducks. The Mighty Ducks. You know what? Whoever wrote and directed that movie, you did it. You I mean, did it. it was a great, it's is a it great like film. Hocus Pocus for boys? Um, yes, because Marguerite Moreau is in it too, so she's like the pretty girl in oh. it that like could also play sports. Okay, great. But it's like, <laughs> girls can play sports. <laughs> Stop it. Are you sure? Yes. All right. So, before the movie was over, he's like, I knew my calling. I had to play hockey. His dad was real disappointed. Toxic masculinity number one. He's like, I want to play football instead. Like, who cares? I know. Who 
cares? So, but look, if AJ wants to play hockey, AJ's playing hockey. He has the yeah. best equipment, the best sticks. He's in the jersey. He's going to the rink every day. Everything's coming up, AJ. Yeah. Until it's not. Until it's not. And so now we meet a guy named Ed Adams. You guys, hold tight for Ed Adams because, wow, do we learn some shit in the end. Ed Adams is an FBI agent. Yeah, been there since 76, Carl. And he goes, I started with the FBI back in 1976. Worked organized crime. The mafia. You know, I'm a New Yorker. Born and bred, so I didn't mind that. My work was on John Gotti. He worked on the Gotti case. <laughs> yes. John Gotti, Teflon Don. Teflon. And uh, get it because nothing stuck to him. Yeah, I got it. Got I, it? I, I got it. Okay. That was really for the listeners at home. I know you know what Teflon <laughs> is. You're gay, for Christ's sake. So in, <laughs> in 1992, Gotti gets prison without parole, right? Yes. And we meet James Fox just in like archival footage. The FBI director is on the news. He's like, The Teflon is gone. The Don is covered with Velcro. The Don is covered in Velcro. And I'm like, this guy eluded you for years. And that's the best we got him line you can come up with. He is now Velcro. My wife told me about the fabrics. So the Teflon, it doesn't stick. The Velcro, it's all about the sticking. Do you see? Thank you for coming to my press conference. Like, what? Oh, my God. But they say once they got the Gotti guy, they move on to the Genovese family. Yeah. And I guess they ran the trash business. Well, Jimmy was involved with yes. that family, of course. And so Jimmy Galante was like a big target for the FBI in the late 90s. And so Jimmy, like, if you need a reminder, as I probably would, he's like the guy we're talking. He's like the dad he's, about the hockey team. Right. Yeah. And so 1999, the FBI gets Jimmy on tax fraud. And yes. FBI Ed was like, this was really to send a message for everyone else, which we, you know, we did this in Fear City and other yeah. mafia things. That's what they do. They send messages. They say in 99, they jam up Jimmy. And I said, sorry, some of us are gays. Does that mean they arrested him? Um, They got him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> gays, I'm looking out for you this episode. Guys, stick with us, please. Really trying. Um, Julian can't come out in every episode. Okay. I, I'm just Now I just exist. I now I'm I'm just me. Oh, which, she's so boring in her truth. Which I know every a lot of people have a problem with <laughs> these days. Anyway, AJ's going into the eighth grade. His dad's going upstate. And AJ. <laughs> <laughs> is now like a bad guy because kids can be such fucking trash. So yes. like the kids are now teasing AJ and just- I don't just... understand this. Like his family is what the fucking Sopranos are based on. Shut your mouth, kid. You want to end up in the fucking city dump, <laughs> honestly. Like, why isn't he the coolest kid in town? I know. His kids dad is Tony Soprano. Are you fucking kidding kids me? Kids are horrible. Like I know people who have stories who like their parents died when they were young and then the kids make fun of you because your fucking parent just died. Oh like God. kids are horrifying. But like, I I'm sorry. I know I'm belaboring the point. Yeah. I think I speak for all the gays when I say- wouldn't it be a bigger deal that his family was based on The Sopranos? See, I think the parents think that. Okay. But at 10, it's not trickling you're, probably down. Not wa- you're probably not allowed to watch The Sopranos. Okay. <laughs> but your dad is super into it. Okay, great. I think. I always think that if like my daughter had been the same age as like Madonna's kids and they went to the same school, I would have found a way for Daisy to be friends with them. I mean, just... <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> yes. Daisy, do you want to have a play date with Lourdes this no, weekend? they hate each other. No. Can I call her mom and try to set up a play date? No. You don't call the mo- you call like Lourdes's people. Right. You don't right. call Madonna. She's not on like the parent school list. No. Don't you have everyone's phone number or I whatever? Mean, I also then worry about like what if I have to like, oh Lourdes, like I see her shoplifting with Daisy and I'm now have to call and tell your mom. No, you keep your mouth shut. Okay. You don't say anything. No. You don't make direct eye contact with no. Madonna. You don't do anything. No. 
So, you know, he loved being booed. He was the villain. He loved it. And Jimmy gets out of prison and he's super impressed because his son's tough now. And I'm because like, okay. Man. He's like in hockey. So he's doing that thing where he's like hitting people on the ice and he's like slamming into people. And, and... he's trying to be this character of a villain. Yeah. Now tell me one more time, I dare you, that yeah. the Malice at the Palace thing wasn't about racism. Give oh, me a right. fucking I know, break. I know, I know. Like, of course. Jimmy... You're talking about like the reason it, like people cared so much was because it was about a bunch of black people beating each other up. Right. Yeah. And then, like, what? And then, really, but it was the fans attacking that. Whatever, right. it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. We're talking different, untold. Yeah. But then, by 2004, AJ gets injured and can't play hockey again. He hurts his leg. But the thing is, like, the way that AJ tells this story, he's like, "There was a fast kid. He was coming down the boards, and I laid this kid clean, spark out, helmet popper, beautiful collision. Felt no pain, just went down, but tried to get up, couldn't get up." It was a beautiful collision, a real helmet popper, as you see the helmet popping off the kid's head. But the kid that he slammed into didn't get hurt. He got hurt. He was, like, immediately unconscious, went into surgery. He, to this day, doesn't know what the diagnosis was. He just knows he can't play hockey. I'm like, can you pay a little bit more attention to your own fucking well-being and health? Well, he's a little distracted because in response to this injury, his father buys him a hockey team. Right. (laughs) And now, again, not the the NHL. Like, this is the minor leagues. But AJ finds out about the hockey team at school. And the teacher came up to me and was like, wow, AJ, that's amazing what's going on. I was like, well, what, what exactly are you talking about? He goes, the team. I go, the team? Yeah, it's all over the paper. I just, my mind's just... Were you pumped? I'm shitting my pants. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If you bought a hockey team for Fiona, uh-huh. wouldn't you... <laughs> She looks so cute I in her know. jersey. She'd be great. Sweetheart. Wouldn't you want to be the one to tell her you bought her a hockey team? Would you let her find out about it at school because it's in the fucking paper? No, like with all the other dogs at daycare and they're right. all like yes. barking about it? Totally. No. Because no. I want the credit. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. The story doesn't make any sense. He buys him a hockey team but then doesn't tell him and lets him find out at school? What? And, and also it happens to be April 1st. Right. <laughs> so it's the Danbury Trashers because waste management. I mean, it's fucking the barf. so gross. The pre- President of the team is 17-year-old AJ Galante, who is so full of himself, and he's going through it. Whatever. I kind of like like AJ Galante too. I'm just gonna say it out loud. How about the reporter who's like, and that was not an April Fool's joke, and it was not an April Fool's joke. (laughs) Now, wait, let me just put put this into a little bit of perspective. Uh huh. Because we're at the first press conference for context. Introduced by the mayor, by the way, Mayor of Danbury, Connecticut. Big whoop. So for context on like how fast Jimmy Galante moved on this, yeah. AJ's still in crutches. Right. Like from the injury that inspired yes. this purchase. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. limping up to the podium. Like that's how fast his dad moved on this. I think that's important to I know. I think that's important, but it's not the most important. The no. most important is that in order for them to make a splash, they hired Gretzky, guys. They gotta get a fancy hockey player. Oh, no brainer. It's a no brainer. <laughs> it's a no brainer. You gotta get Gretzky. And yep. they go. We decided the first player had to be Gretzky. It had to be Gretzky, and that's really where it, it technically all began. Which Gretzky? Brent Gretzky. Even me knows there's a Wayne who's okay. who's fancier. I was gonna say, what's his name? <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like, there's another Gretzky. What's his name? Girl? Was he a Bruin? Was he from like my hometown team? He wasn't. No, okay. No, okay. he was not. <laughs> um, but he's the younger brother of Wayne Gretzky, who is known as the greatest player of all. It's time. just like Brent. Couldn't you have gone to law school? Like you're gonna try to go into fucking hockey. Girl? I know. God. The only one who can do that is Layla Ali because she's amazing. Exactly. <laughs> and the whole time she's beating up the. I shouldn't be doing this. Shut 
Ka-ching. This doesn't feel right. <laughs> so, and even some reporters like, no, 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 not the great one, the other one. <laughs> oh, my God. Ouch. <laughs> but this is why, Brent, this is why you That's become That's how they introduce me when you're on stage. Oh, get out of here. I will not. I come out and everyone's like, oh, <laughs> she's here. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Is that just my brain screaming at me? Exactly. Great. He really wants his team, by the way, the trashers or whatever, yeah. to be a mix of pro wrestling and the Mighty Ducks. Reach right. for the stars, AJ. Reach for the stars. And then more about like how great the bad guys are. And then he unabashedly, I don't know if he just thinks I'm not watching, but he just quotes Goodfellas because he's like, Growing up, my dad always rooted for the bad guys in the movies. Whenever the bad guy would do something, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, because he was doing that, I started to do it. My dad would always root for the bad guys in movies. That's right out of Goodfellas, AJ, I see you. It's also, AJ, I like you, and Jimmy, like, I don't know, I don't like that. I think that that's not a good, healthy thing. It's stupid. It's, yeah. Uh, we get it. You're the toughest guy in the room. Uh-huh. You're a fighter. You're a bad guy. Uh-huh. You're a villain. Fucking good for you. Right. Good for you. I don't care. I'm not impressed <laughs> by any of it. By any of it. You wanted to do this episode, for the record. <laughs> it's fun to be mad sometimes. It's true. So we're at the FBI headquarters in New Haven, you guys. We hear about Operation Pale Rider. If we have an undercover operation, it's given a title or a code name. In this case, they came up with the name Pale Rider, a spin on the Clint Eastwood movie, spelled differently, P-A-I-L instead of P-A-L-E, uh, to uh, relate to the trash uh, dumpsters. These FBI guys, and I think this is like good casting, they are so dry compared to everybody else in the episode. Like the FBI guys are just like, just so dry. It's so funny you say casting like they're not actually people. Right, like they didn't actually do that. And this. it's like, no, FBI people are boring. Except for that guy from McMillions. Right. Yes, Doug. Oh my God, Doug. Doug was like, no, I'm going to be the anti-boring FBI totally. guy. A little pizzazz. <laughs> but Agent Jeff lists all the things that Jimmy did to intimidate people to make his business boom. At one point, Galante and others went after a competing truck driver kidnapped him at gunpoint, bound and gagged him, and set the truck on fire. The whole thing's like, you want to do business in Danbury? You got to do it Jimmy's way. Yeah. And it's like, how about everyone just fucking goes to work, Sometimes Jimmy? I get used to you, and then I remember that you do things like that, and it's very special. Just say yeah. things that <laughs> You got to do it in Jimmy's way. Yeah. All right? Jimmy's way at a highway. Right. That's how they talk. And then AJ goes, so I show up for my first day of what? I guess, like, work? Oh and I'm like, God. yes, work. Who yeah. are these people? Like, like Jimmy. Jimmy's like rough day at the office is like, I had to beat the sh- I broke eight knees. I know. And I set two trucks on fire. Honey, I'm exhausted. I know. But like when you're 17-year-old AJ and you own a fucking hockey team now and you show up at work, you're like, what do I do? I don't know what to do at this point. So AJ's like, I need help. Right. And he calls in what he describes as his secret weapon. He's a Danbury legend. He's filled with mystique. I cannot stand him. I hate this guy. Maybe more than anyone in this doc we're watching. I totally agree. He's AJ's middle school coach. He hates children, I yeah. think. You guys, we see video of him coaching like seventh graders. He's body slamming them into the walls. He's like, a menace. Yeah, he's like, did I check kids into the boys when I was coaching them? Absolutely. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> did I body slam seventh graders? Yes, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Fuck off. I know. I, it's so stupid. But his name is Tommy T-Bone Pompicello. That is a nickname <laughs> yes. given to himself if I've ever heard one. Hey, call me T-Bone. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, they're not calling me T-Bone. I need to feel better about myself. I got no self-esteem, Jimmy. You got to make them call me T-Bone. 
Tommy, I see you. Tommy, yes. T-Bone Pompicello, give me a break. Oh, my God. So he was a middle school coach, again, like body slamming children yes. into the hard ice and proud of it. Yes. And now he's the equipment manager for the Trashers. The equipment manager. I'm not saying that's not a hard job. I'm just like, is that something you brag about? But all of these jobs are like air quotes. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, how yeah, the yeah. mob does it. That's the whole thing. So T-Bone's like, AJ, I got this. I'll handle yeah. this. Here's who you need. You need this guy, Brad Wingfield. And the picture he shows AJ is Brad in an orange jumpsuit and handcuffs and he's like he goes I says uh last month he beat the shit out of six corrections officer he goes I want him I says to AJ I says last <laughs> month this guy Brad beat the shit out of six corrections officers and AJ's like I want him not impressed I know like who he cares? is sexy as hell but I know I, hate him. <laughs> I know so his name is Brad Wingnut Wingfield. He's the enforcer. <laughs> and he's here, you guys. Like, this is so great. This is just the beginning. He's like, last count, I've had about 17 surgeries. Broke both my legs, tibias, fibulas, spinal fractures of the ankles, cracked vertebrae in my back, disintegrated disc, couple bulging discs on my upper neck, broken my hands, nine broken noses, lost my front teeth, 300 stitches on my face. Um, you can see right there, lost a finger. He holds up a fucking four-fingered hand. Can I ask you something? Yes. Doesn't that mean you lost all those fights? I know. It's not as impressive. No, this is a serious thing, but you should see the other guy's situation. Right, that's true. Oh, my God, this guy. I mean, we see the other guy eventually. I know. (laughs) But this is the AJ I like because he kind of is trying to find where his strengths are here. He's like, I've watched the Mighty Ducks 92 times, but, like, (laughs) how do I become Gordon Bombay, really? Like, what do I do? Is that Emilio Estevez? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So AJ becomes what he calls a stat geek. I just became a very big stat geek and started finding like patterns, like where guys were from, where they would go, the types of teams they were. Really look at the numbers, lines, assists, penalty minutes. I think that's cool. That's very good. More of that, AJ. And that's really doing the work. You know what I mean? It's like actually trying to get better at the thing that you're doing. And it leads him to his crown jewel. I feel like he describes everyone as his crown jewel, his missing pieces, whatever. Minor league hockey legend, everyone on your feet (laughs) for David One-Eyed Willie (laughs) Bargold! You guys, this one-eyed Willie guy has a really fucking I don't. I want to go through it in two seconds. He really had his eye in the major leagues, and he was in a game once, and some other players, like, tackled him or whatever. That's what you do in hockey. And his blade of his skate slid up under his visor and, like, sliced his eye. I can't. I know. It's so fucking disgusting. And so now he can't play in the NHL, but the trashers want him bad. And they got him. And, and they got him. And what I, he's thrilled to be here, honestly. Like, here. All these people are. They love telling their story. All yeah. of them. And so AJ, 17-year-old AJ, like, Dad, thanks so much for buying me the team. And he's actually, like, trying <laughs> yeah. to get the yes. players. Like, he's trying to do the work, and truly. And saying, like, AJ, like, it's not his fault that he was born to a shithead. Totally. He's doing the best he can. But his dad sucks because he'd be all excited. He'd, like, sign these players. And he'd be like, Dad, Dad. And Jimmy today's like, my stupid kid was calling me every five minutes. I'd say, hey, call Tommy Papacello. I'm sick of it. <laughs> this kid's calling me every five minutes about the fucking hockey team. Call Papacello. Oh my God, you are a national treasure. I know you're having a hard day. Are you're you just a, saying that to make me feel no, better about my day? You are a national fucking treasure. Back at you, I didn't want to talk about this one at all. I was bored. I don't like the mafia. I don't like fucking hockey. You say it every time. You're like, I'm so bored with the mafia. And then I'm like, you thought we weren't going to have any fun today. So AJ's watching VHS tapes of potential players. Yeah. And he sees one titled Rumen Ender. The Nigerian nightmare. And he's and like, he I want to. doesn't have to see anything else. He's yeah. like, I want that guy. Like, Ruman's story is pretty cool. I was the first Nigerian born player to play in the NHL. 
but growing up, having Nigerian parents, they didn't want me to play. And when I was eight, my mom said, you can do figure skating. So I told her, if I'm doing figure skating, I'm wearing hockey skates. No hockey, but you can be a figure skater. Yeah. And Ruben's like, fine, but I'm wearing hockey skates. And she's like, fine. And he, and he says, he's like, it actually helped me be like a fantastic fighter on the ice because that footwork. Totally. But wait, then we meet Mike and Drew, these twin brothers, who are the young version of those two old guys from the Muppets in the balcony. Uh-huh. If ever you've seen <laughs> they, I mean, talk about casting. They yeah. are straight out of central casting. You yes. can't, I can imagine a world, I don't know how true this is, but I can imagine a world in which the filmmaker met only those two and yeah. was like, yes. They yes. didn't know about the 17-year-old, right, right. just totally. like those fucking bickering yeah. people, yes. Because they're twin brothers, they're both in hockey, they're best friends, but they complete each other's sentences in the worst way because it annoys the other one like to Mike's no Like Mike's phone is constantly yeah. going off. Yeah, no, we, we Obviously, when we fucking... Fucking idiot, man. Go, 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 go. I'll put it on fucking silence. You think? Drew is being interrupted left and right, and Drew's, like, mad at him, and he's like... Mike, get get off your phone, you fucking moron. No. You talk, and then I talk. And then we don't talk when we're both talking. I always interrupt him. Mike's like, yeah, I always interrupt him. Ding, ding. And they're like, for fuck's sake, (laughs) they... Are the most. I know. Can you imagine being in a room with them? Is horrible. Yes. Seeing them sprinkled in this documentary, wonderful. Wonderful, and and probably like inseparable. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. Imagine dating life. one of them. No. Well, you're if you date one, you date both. <laughs> Double dates. Yes. Only. I totally. That's yeah. annoying. I know. Yeah. Because they can't even stand each other. I now know. I have to deal with both of you at Applebee's. <laughs> no. So Richard, now we're back with Richard, the commissioner. He's the commissioner, the commissioner, exactly. And he's like, I have a job to do. And quite frankly, I don't make any apologies for it. Okay, none whatsoever. My job as the commissioner is to make sure that not any one person thinks that they're bigger than the league itself. He wants everyone to know that he's not afraid of Jimmy and the Mafia. And he wants everyone to know that it's his fucking rules. You're going to play by his rules. You're not going to play at all. And his job, he he says today that his job description is like to make sure that not any one person is bigger than the team itself. And I'm like, but he's talking directly to the trashers now. So what was your job description last week? (laughs) Right. Because it's only about that now because they're all nightmares. And so now it's like they're in this meeting and it's like AJ and T-Bone and Jimmy, the dad. And they're all like just trying to prove how tough they are. And AJ's like, we're going to be bad and we're not taking any shit from anyone. And Richard's like, well, that's great. But I'm telling you right now that this is not how it's going to go. And then T-Bone is telling us this story that he's like laughing to himself at this meeting. He's like, meanwhile, I'm giggling under my breath saying this guy has no idea what's coming. He has no idea who's sitting across the desk from him. This made me furious. I'm like, wipe that fucking smug smirk off your face. Who do you think you are, you entitled son of a bitch? But the thing Uh, is, he was right. You know what I mean? Like the commissioner's they were trying to lay down the law, being like, I don't care who you are, I don't care how much money you have, you're going to do things the right way. The, like, hypocrisy of the mafia makes me crazy, though. It makes me, and we'll get, there's a moment later where I had to stop, I was like, I hate T-Bone too much, I can't do this. I can't do it. So it's opening night, October 15th, 2004. Opening night meaning what? Like, it's the first time they're ever playing a game? Yeah, the opening night of the season. First night, first game of the seas. And they're saying that, like, this town, Danbury, it's a super blue-collar town, this was the first professional team of anything they'd ever had, and they're like, Everyone in town was super curious to see who this, like, 17-year-old kid and the mobster dad were that were, like, bringing this team to their city. People like Greg and Brenda St. Clair. Oh, my God, these two. These two. We didn't know anything about hockey at all. Sports didn't interest me one fucking bit. But as soon as you walk into it, you're feeding off everyone else's anticipation. 
Greg is you saying sports didn't interest me one fucking bit, but here I am. <laughs> they were hooked from the minute they walked in. I gotta tell you, Brenda's in a wheelchair, and her husband loves the living fucking shit out they of her. They love it's each other. unbelievable. They yeah. are partiers, and they <laughs> love each other to death. Yeah. It's wonderful. Absolutely. So, remember Brad Wingnut with all the injuries, right? Yeah. T-Bone brings him a phone. So, they're at the first game, right? Yeah, they're like on the ice. The game's about to fucking start. They're like on the bench, yeah. and T-Bone's like, Brad, get over here. I got a telephone yeah. call. And it's Jimmy up in the box. I said, Brad, the minute the puck drops, drop your gloves. The minute the puck drops, drop your gloves and fight. I'm like, what is this, prison? I... <laughs> And Brad's very excited yes. about this direction. He cannot wait. Yes. They drop the puck. Some, according to Brad, uh-huh. some guy on the other team tells Brad to go fuck himself out of nowhere. And Brad, the two, they're fighting like they're in the street. I know. And we see the whole thing. The refs aren't doing anything. Like the refs should have stopped this. Like there's fights yes. in hockey, fine. Yeah. But like you let him go for a couple of seconds, right. and then yeah, it's, yeah, and then yeah. you pull him apart, and then you go into the penalty box. Done and done. No, the refs are like, holy shit. I- I know, I They're know. too scared to stop it. I know. And they have never stopped a fight in their life. This is refs. also where I realized the expression, the gloves come off, or like, what, oh, like yeah. I didn't know that was a hockey thing. Yeah, that's what it means. You throw your gloves down. And then you're just, you're just like bare knuckle fighting. Yeah, and sometimes you take the jersey and pull it over their head. <laughs> They're children. <laughs> So, like, oh Jimmy approves, the place goes wild. Brad knocks the guy out. Right. And Jimmy today, talking about how, like, Brad the Barbarian beat the <laughs> right. shit out of that one other guy, he's like... Right after Wingfield's fight, I felt into my heart. I said, we've got something here. For anybody to say that wasn't special or emotional, they have no feeling whatsoever. If you don't feel, like, emotion, if this doesn't tug on the heartstrings, you're dead inside. I'm like, Jimmy... You do you hear yourself? I, know. I, know. I don't understand. He's like, you have no feeling whatsoever. And I'm like, much like that player that Brad pummeled into the ice three seconds into the game, no feeling in his legs at all. So Richard the Commish does not share those romantic feelings at all. No feelings in his legs at all. At all. He's got no, and Richard is there, and we see him, and he literally like, goes into the fucking like dressing room or whatever, the locker room after the thing, and he goes. But after the game, made it really clear, AJ, if you condone this kind of action, I will suspend you as a GM. You won't be able to be in your own damn building. Do you want that? Well, it won't happen again, Mister Brosso. Yeah, it did. AJ says, "I'm sorry, Commissioner. It'll never happen again." And Commissioner goes. It did. It happened. It happened. This guy's exhausted. I know. But the trashers are beating the shit out of everyone on the ice, and they love it. Like, I know. where are the refs? Oh my god! And they love that they have this reputation of being like bad. And it's scary. all they wanted. Yeah. Also, their mascot's a trash can. I know. We see him on the ice. He's a trash can. His name is his name is Spunky or something. Yes. Scrappy, Scrappy the yeah. trash can. Ah. Uh. You guys, these are minor league players. The only minor league I know anything about a little bit is baseball because my mom loved it. Those minor league baseball players all had other jobs. Like yes. the minor league pays you like $11,000 a year. And your whole goal is to like get called up to yes. the big leagues. These guys are like, they're living in like McMansions. They're going to the best, re- they're having $6,000 steak dinners. No questions asked. They're no. living in gated communities. When they like would win a game. One night I scored the game winner. Jimmy came in the locker room, boom, 10,000 cash on the floor. We're all like, let's go to the bar. Jimmy would walk into the locker room and throw $10,000 on the ground. And like, let, watch them fight for it. Like, disgusting. Wait, 
that sounds a little hot. I know you love it. As I'm saying it, I'm like, nope, he loves it. And One-Eyed Willie's the one who's like, Jimmy wasn't shy to put money into his team. Every player was getting paid under the table. Am I supposed to say that or no? Am I supposed to say that or no? And the filmmaker's like, more of that, exactly that. To this day, nobody knows what the fucking rules are. Yeah, I mean, it was straight mafia shit. Like, like thousands of dollars in envelopes. Like, hey, good job. Don't, Don't spend it all in one place and then a little, like, slap on the face. And off you go. That guy got his eye sliced out by a fucking skate blade. I can't. Jesus. And so, also, they would launder the money and give them checks from the waste management business. Right. At one point, Brad's like, it was incredible how many companies I worked for. I mean, left I and right, my girlfriend and I worked for, like, 11 companies, I wink, know. wink. And they all knew it was mob operation. Like, Jimmy's not trying to hide it. And the commission, Richard, is back, and he's like, they were making a mockery of the entire league and of the game. And so Richard, the commission, starts banning players because, right. I don't know, they're, like, trying to beat up the coach of the other right. team. Like, I it's know. a mess. I and so, like, they're hitting players with Imagine a stick we like it's like, a baseball bat. Imagine. Are you kidding? <laughs> and I have my, I'm like, it's a mob mentality. That's a double entendre. <laughs> What if we, like, went and found the producer of Jensen and Holes and just tried to beat them up? Like, that's exactly <laughs> it. And at one point, like, the entire team would be fighting the entire other team. Right. Like, all of them at once. There's blood and gloves all over the ice. Not a ref in sight. Like, nobody is stepping in. Like, I don't, it's I don't. A, it's malice at the palace every single day. Right. Only no one. It's There's not on no the news. And nobody cares. Hey, can we talk about Section 102? <laughs> I guess we must because as we're sitting here being like we can't believe it the fans like Greg and Brenda love it at at one point Greg's like she had seven martinis she's drunk as fuck here I am screaming my head off fucking knock your goddamn blocks off that's the real reason he put seatbelts on wheelchairs. Brenda, she had seven martinis. She was drunk as fuck. And I'm like, <laughs> we you're drinking martinis at a hockey and game? I'm thinking like martini glass. No, Brenda brought like basically a Dunkin' Donuts a cup full thermos. of vodka. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and then fans would bring body bags and drape it. Now, here's a question. Yeah. Where does one get a body bag? You know what? They're easier to get than you would think. You can get them at like Army Navy stores. Why? I don't know. I don't know, actually. What? I shouldn't be able to buy one. No, right? There should be a long application process. Or something horrible happens and then it's part of the process of like this person died and here's what we do. You're issued an official body bag. I shouldn't be able to buy one. Oh, no. (laughs) But I feel that way about duct tape and zip ties. You should be able to buy them but not together. If you're buying like a rope, a shovel, duct tape, and zip ties, somebody should arrest you. Yeah, that should a little red flag. Walmart has a fucking murder aisle. Yeah, they do. You know and what I mean? And they have guns, too. Oh, God, great. We're doing great, America. We're doing amazing. So we're back with FBI Jeff, and he's saying, look. I can tell you that the entire time the city of Danbury was enjoying this uh, newfound entertainment venue and the Danbury Trashers, the FBI and its partners were working behind the scenes, covertly, in secret, to develop this case against Galante. The FBI was there. We were on it. I promise you. That's like, why we have so much footage. Exactly. Exactly. He's like, we were doing surveillance. They were especially interested in, like, on the sly, getting to know people in Section 102. Yes. <laughs> and also, so we see this footage of Jimmy in, like, his, quote, fancy owner's box. Yeah. It looks like your office's little kitchen. Oh, like, right. you can see a toaster. It's not right. private. It's not fancy. And all their dirty deals, like, money exchanging yes. hands and hits being ordered, yeah. like, that's happening in this little office 
office with the microwave and the toaster that hasn't been cleaned that in a week. That everyone can see. So, like, the FBI is like, we knew this was shady. Don't worry. We were there. We were on top of it. We'll get back to that later. Yeah, meanwhile, they're fighting to the death on the ice. They're not stepping in to stop any of that. Right. They're just filming <laughs> right. Jimmy Galante next to that toaster. I'm obsessed with the toaster. You can see it. It's not fancy, Jimmy. But then we take a fucking sharp left oh. turn, you guys, because we learn that Brad Wingfield's leg gets broken in, like, a super violent way, and I really thought they were going to show it, and I, like, couldn't even look. But we see him right after it's happened. He's here saying to us now, When you break your leg like that, you go into shock. Josh Elzinga kicked my feet out while pulling my jersey back. Unbelievably cheap and fucking dirty. And I looked down at my feet. Well, I got one foot pointing backwards, so I knew everything's not okay down there. They are saying that he was screaming like a wild animal. And we don't hear it, thank God. Thank God. And it's maybe a little muffled, but it's just sort of like silence and music about it. It'd be it's like over hearing it. that guy getting eaten by the bear. Like Werner Herzog somewhere is like, never, never listen to this. But he's like, oh God, it's horrible. Oh, it's terrible. You should never listen to this. Oh, oh God. Oh, it's terrible. Werner? But like, it's really bad. Like you're watching this man just in fucking agony on the ice. And Brad's like, today, he's like, it was cheap and it was a dirty hit. And I'm like, I don't know, Brad, so was using your hot. Hockey stick like a baseball bat, but what do I know? Like, everyone was playing dirty. Yeah. It's the hypocrisy But he says the name of the guy who did it to him, and this is one thing I do know about hockey, is that, like, if, like, you do something dirty to, like, my teammate, I'm gonna fucking get you forever. the next time. Forever. Like, forever. Exactly. <laughs> like, you have a target on your back forever. And now imagine the mobs involved, which The are. mobs involved, and you broke the leg of the scariest fucking guy on the team. Oh, my God. And they say that, like, Jimmy went into the locker room and challenged the team. That doesn't happen here. What are you gonna do? He challenged is the team to take revenge. In this game, like, the game's not over. That guy, the Nigerian nightmare, Roman. he goes out there and he's just beating the living shit out of everybody. And he says... And, uh, obviously, I did what I did after that. I did what I did after that. <laughs> and now there's another melee. Like, what yeah, else is right, new? Totally. Like, the, the footage is barely shocking anymore because I'm like, oh, yeah, not a ref in sight. The hockey sticks, like, baseball bats, like, oh, You see my God. these people just flying into the air in slow the motion. The refs couldn't get off the ice fast <laughs> enough. They're skating away. I would. If I was refing this game, I would have fucking left in that ambulance. You know why? Because now the players start fighting the refs. There's blood <laughs> all know. over the ice. Jimmy Galanti's fighting with a ref. <laughs> and then T-Bone. This is where I was like, I can't do T-Bone I, I can't do it. Because T-Bone today puts his tough guy hat on and he's like, The referee, piece of shit, told Jimmy go fuck himself. Jimmy punched this guy right in his fucking face. This ref, that piece of shit, he tells Jimmy to go fuck himself. I said, first of all, what do you think Jimmy was saying to the ref? Right, Number one, totally. T-Bone. And he's like, you, he's like, you don't tell, oh, oh, you don't tell Jimmy to fuck himself. Yeah. The entitlement of these guys. Who I know. do you think you are. I know, and so... Jimmy you know, punches the ref! Jimmy punches the ref, he gets fined, and then he gets arrested. He's like, look, I'm a very loyal individual. No, you're not. I hate right. the way they talk about loyalty. But the guy who broke Brad's leg, his name is Elzinger, like, that's his last name. Yeah. Jimmy finds out where this guy lives and, like, gives his information to the team and is like, do what you do. They ask Brad, they're yeah. like, Brad, what do you want us to do? You guys, should... it's a fucking game, Jesus. Like, should he end up sleeping with the fishes? Like, what's right. going on? And Brad's like, no, like, don't do that. And Brad wants a fucking medal for not getting this guy killed and keeping it on the ice. You know what? I'm going to kind of give him the medal. I think that that, like, that might have been a scary thing to be like, we're not going to kill this guy. Because Brad also was told that that injury was a career-ending injury. Right, right, right. And he's like, fuck that. I'm going to rehab my leg. I'm going to get back on the ice. When I play this guy again, I'm going to beat his living fucking ass on right. the ice in front of everybody. Jimmy, let me handle it. I'll right. handle my own yeah. fights, Jimmy. Exactly. But the 
press and the fans are loving Jimmy. Like, his arrests made everyone love him more, even though yeah. he's threatening refs and planning to kill players. Like, who cares? In all honesty, I'm sure Danbury is fine, but, like, what else is going on in Danbury? This is the most exciting thing to happen there ever. Absolutely nothing, because Jimmy Galante is named Italian-American of the Year. <laughs> and Attilio Pensavalli sitting at home? Oh, he's not in Danbury, so. Italian-American of the Year. I didn't even know we just awarded that to people. I know. And everyone's like, he's such a teddy bear. Barf! How, no, he's not. How hard would it be for me to get, like, homosexual American of the Year? You got it. Okay, thank you so much. Matt, can we play some fanfare? Like, Oh, my God. That's you. So many people to Glitter, yay! So Brad is out. Yes. Ruman's out. Ruman's suspended for trying to fight and kill everybody in the game. Jimmy's not happy. Now it's us against the world. Jimmy, you did it to yourself. But because Brad is out, Jimmy is screaming at AJ, like, get me a fucking goal scorer. And so then we learned that for some reason at this exact moment in history, the NHL goes on strike. So, like, the actual good, like, where Wayne Gretzky plays as opposed to where Brent Gretzky plays, (laughs) like, they go on strike. There's some kind of lockout. Who knows why? It's like contract and labor issues and stuff. So, but this just means that all of these A-list players are now available and when you got mob money, you can get any fucking one of them and this is what happens. And AJ's like, wouldn't it be great if we got Mike Rupp? And I'm like, sure. Who is Mike Rupp? In 2003, a year before the trashers were even a thought, we went to the Stanley Cup. Rupp scored Stanley Cup clinching goals. He wins the friggin' Stanley Cup. Cut to, like, the middle of this lockout. Mike Rupp's on the trashers. Totally. <laughs> and Mike Rupp and today. Here. He's, he's like, like, my agent called and said he wants to pay you cash. And Mike Rupp was like. And I go, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you mean cash? He goes, no, like, he he literally wants to give you a duffel bag of cash. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Mike does say this thing where he's like, you know what though? Like when I looked into it and I saw how much this town loves this team and how much this team wanted to win and like I can't play anymore this season anyway. Fuck yeah. Why wouldn't I do it? And the thing is he's really the only player on the team who just plays hockey. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) But yeah, Mike Rupp joins the team Mm -hmm. and then suddenly we learn that like these Trashers tickets are like the hottest ticket in hockey because like the NHL isn't playing. Everyone's looking at the minor leagues. Suddenly it's like there's lines around the block. 10,000 people per game are showing up. Section 102, they now love the commissioner. I know. They want him to sit with them. Unbelievable. (laughs) So now we're back with the FBI and they have a wire on this guy named Richie Gallietti. And the FBI guy is like, Richie Gallietti in his own right was a very colorful character. He was Alante's garbage sales manager. Gallietti also served as Scrappy the Trashers mascot uh, in costume. The trash can costume. He was the guy in the uh, the, the the trash can costume. <laughs> yeah, he, he was the mascot. <laughs> Richie was the mascot. But he's really close with Jimmy, and like apparently this guy. I feel like every mob family has one of these. Yeah, he's like the one that like talks openly about the corruption on the phone all the time. He so, literally says, "Don't fuck me on this." Basically, right. he he pulls his. He's like, "Don't fuck me on this. Don't fuck Jimmy on this." And like he it does not talk in code because he's like, you know that fucking nightmare thing from the other thing. Tell him I'm gonna kill him over it. It's like no no no. The kill part is when you what you call the thing. Right. You you don't say you know that thing about that thing that thing I'm right, gonna kill right. him. Right. Richie, you're doing this all wrong. Well, and thank God, because because of him, they're able to get taps on all the other phones. And they say they intercepted tens of thousands of criminal conversations, and it demanded a response it by It demanded us. a response. So the FBI has to get involved. Mm-hmm. But we learn, now that the FBI's gotten involved, Jimmy gets a call one night, and it turns out that one of his facilities has been, like, raided. Remember my father getting a phone call, and we were like, what's going on? He said, I, I have to go. There's been a uh, federal raid on his yard on White Street. We searched that whole day through the night and after daylight the next day. 
We seized thousands of boxes of records. At that point, the covert phase of our investigation is over. And the subjects of our investigation know that we're investigating them. The subjects know they're being investigated. (laughs) All hell's about to break loose, especially because December 3rd, 2005, we're in Kalamazoo, Michigan. This is the team with the player that broke Brad's leg. Yeah, so put a pin in the FBI operation for a second because we got to deal with what with (laughs) they're calling it Wingfield versus Elzinger. The Elzinger guy is the one that broke Brad's leg. And AJ has his camcorder and is down (laughs) by like their box taunting this guy. This guy knows he's going to maybe not survive the game. Right, right, right. He like knows not only is Brad, Brad's back, by the way. Yeah. Not only is Brad going to murder him on the ice, everyone else is too. This guy looks scared for his fucking life and AJ is like just taunting him. And AJ made this stupid cheesy video yes. where it's like old yeah. footage of 10-year-old AJ wrestling yeah. with like cheesy flame <laughs> graphics. Like these people do not need to be riled up. Brad is going to murder yes. this person. Yes, and like if this guy has a mother or a girlfriend, you know they fucking begged Terrified. him not to go to work that day. Terrified. And so the game starts. I- I would have gone, by the way. No. I would have been like, I'm, I'm. I'm. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't Absolutely go. I have no a way. cold. I can't And make he it. doesn't look tough. He doesn't look like, yeah, I'm ready for the rematch. He looks scared for his fucking life. And so the game starts. I know it's set, we say this every time because every time it's an instant melee, but this time's a thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is crazy. It's so bad yeah. that they cut the TV feed. Yeah. And now the only footage we have is AJ's stupid camcorder. Right. And, and everyone, honestly, I they, mean, everyone is fighting. Everyone. They tee it up like it's going to be this great footage because no one's ever seen it. But all it is is a big fucking fight. There are three refs trying to get Brad off the guy. And T-Bone's like... It was the most beautiful thing I've ever fucking seen. Two warriors going at it. No shirts on. Two warriors fighting with no shirts on. T-Bone? I know. And Brad's like crying about it. He was like, it's something I'll always cherish for the rest of my life. I was at peace. I'm like, what? That is not healthy, Brad. No. Talk it out with a therapist. Use your words. Enough. Yes. And so AJ's like, you know what? I can't wait to get to work for next season. Like he really, this inspires him to even have an even quote better season next time. Right? Yeah. But no, because the FBI gets him. FBI's there. Jimmy's house gets raided. And, you know, they're just saying, like, it's very clear the waste industry in Connecticut has been infiltrated by organized crime. And when it's all over the news, everyone cares because it's like the Sopranos in real time. Exactly. Right? And so, like, they took down the mob and also the mayor, mayor of Danbury. Of the, I know. And a state senator who asked Jimmy Galante to rough up his granddaughter's husband. Like, these guys were all at the Trashers games, all in that office kitchen upstairs yeah. with the toaster. <laughs> yeah. And the FBI like, oh my God, like they just keep like peeling the onion and all of these layers keep coming out. And they're saying Galante paid players much more money than the league allowed. The issue was, this really wasn't his money to give. It was money he was getting out of a business that he was running in a very illegal way. And so we could not allow that team to continue to operate. It was just not a choice that we had. Yeah, there isn't going to be a season two. We had to shut that shit down. Right, right. And so like... So now the FBI is getting threats from the Trashers fans. Like, the U.S. attorney is like, as a U.S. attorney, you don't do that many unpopular things. This was real unpopular, this was girl. Real See, unpopular. like Section 102 wants to kill everybody. So remember Ed Adams from the FBI, yes. Teflon Donnie took down John Gotti? And I said, remember, put a pin in this guy because in the end, he's going to surprise us. After he retires from the FBI, he flips and says, and goes over to the dark side, as some of my former colleagues would say, yes. he's now on Jimmy Galante's defense team. I know. What the hell? I know. Somewhere John Gotti's like, fucking thanks. Where was 
was that decision 25 My years ago? Totally Are you kidding me? <laughs> but they say, you know, they weren't able to get Jimmy in 99. They really want to get him this time. They've got 93 counts on this guy. He's facing 100 years. And, like, uh, basically, like, Jimmy won't give any information, so they threaten to indict his son. Jimmy was very concerned about his son. I told him this would be something that you really have to think about. If you go to trial, is it worth the risk? It became evident to us on the defense team that uh, try to get the best plea deal he can. And the thing is, Jimmy, call it a plea deal because he's like, I pled guilty to certain charges. Yeah. I served 87 months. 87 I, months is a long time. I know it's not cool in the mob to take a plea deal, but that's exactly what you did. Because totally. he didn't want AJ to go down for this. Do you think he told on people? Um, I pled guilty to certain charges. Yeah, 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 is yeah, yeah. saying things without saying it, yeah. I think. <laughs> So Jimmy's in prison. The trashers are done. AJ's devastated. He can't even watch the Mighty Ducks anymore. You guys, he spends 10 years as like a truck driver. Like really, AJ just like disappears. And he's like, that's kind of what I wanted. Yeah, like I wanted life. this boring life. And he's like, no one was beating anybody up where I right. worked. And I felt like I didn't have a sense of purpose. Right. So he opens. Now, wait a second. He Give op- him some credit for this. But hold on. Okay. <laughs> he opens Champs Boxing Club, right? Yeah. And he's like, it's the first thing I did on my own without the help of my father. He's a boxing promoter. Fight of the year on ESPN. PM, whatever. But he's ripping off the whole champ sports thing. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you're looking at me like I should know what that is. But like is. that logo is yeah. a very famous like, oh, champ sports. And oh. I know that we associate the word champ with boxing, but like the logos look real similar, AJ. Oh, interesting. I, mean, I, I just feels a little like, AJ, can you do one thing on the up and up? Oh, I was proud of him. I was like, you know what? He got his shit together. He really cares about this. I appreciate the work ethic. I really do. The fact that he's like, you know what? Yeah, next season we're really going to do it. He's right. like on the phone trying to get the play. That part I appreciate, but honestly, enough. Well, the thing is, you know, Jimmy does his 82 months or whatever. T-Bone is crying about it. He goes... He did his time. He did it like a fucking man. He did it like a trasher. He did it like Like a a trasher. Like a Danbury (laughs) trasher. Who cares, T-Bone? Like, talk about someone whose life is totally empty. T-Bone's got nothing. But you guys, Section 102 is having a 15-year reunion, and Jimmy and AJ are going to go and surprise them, and nobody knows they're coming. And remember Greg and Brenda? Yes. Brenda is in a wheelchair, right? And now she's a a hockey goalie. First, they didn't care about sports at all. Seven martinis later, she's a hockey goalie, which I think is awesome. And we see her, like, cruising around the ice in her wheelchair. People are going bananas for her. And her boyfriend, her husband, or whoever is like, It's in my world that I'm going to be buried in my trash in Jersey. So I after being a fan. I'm not even bullshitting you. I should have brought the wheels with us. That might be a little creepy. Maybe that's a little... But in much. the end, one of the last things we see is Brad, who's like giving his interview at this bar, and he gets all emotional because it was the best time of his life. I love Jimmy. He loved I love Jimmy him. like a dad, and I never really got to say thank you or goodbye. You guys, Jimmy shows up, and they're both crying. He's like, Jimmy goes, you look like you're going to cry. What's the matter? <laughs> this is supposed to be this heartwarming moment. It is lost on me completely. I know. And then it's like, you know, AJ's still all with the bad guys, the renegades, the rebels, whatever. And then it ends with this Truly horrible song. Somebody's getting trashed tonight. Like, oh, can I just to forget about this? Meanwhile, again, Malice at the Palace, unbelievable. Unreal. Like, I don't care that you want to be the bad boys. It doesn't work Uh. on me. Oh my god. 
God, you guys. We did one is it untold. What's this one called? Crime and penalties. Oh, my Lord, you guys. <laughs> All right, no more sports for a little no bit. No more sports unless it's figure skating. You guys, <laughs> if you want more Julian and me, join us on the Patreon. Over 300 ad-free full bonus episodes. Download a bit. You get them all the second you get there. Olivia on our team has gone through and tagged everything, so you can just search. Oh, fun. Yeah, if you want to start with the Jinx or Lorena or... The Vow, Don't F with Cats, Night yeah. Stalker. Yeah. I'll uh, be gone in the dark. Tiger King. You just search it, and then you find all the episodes, and they're right there for you to listen to right away. Thanks, Olivia. That's I very know. helpful. Great work. Yeah. Um, What are we doing next, girl? Oh, Bad Henry. What is that? His name is Henry, and he's real bad. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, it's pretty wild. It's about uh, it's a horrible murder, and uh, this serial killer, and his name is Henry, and we hate him. Oh, my God. We hate I've him. never heard of this. I'm very excited. It's kind of insane. It's one of those those things where you're like, this can go in a hundred different directions, and it kind of does. Oh, my God. And then we come back. It's crazy. <laughs> It's yes. crazy. Stay tuned for that, you guys. Stay tuned for our outtakes. Follow us on Instagram. It's uh, at True Crime Obsessed Podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm at Patrick Hines underscore. You're at Jillian with a G on all the things. Yes, I am. Um, And we love you guys. We love you so much. Thanks for hanging out. And yeah. uh, we'll see you. We're here. We're around. You know where. You guys know where to find us. Totally. Bye. Bye. A year passes. With her daughter Shauna's killer still on the loose, Dee Sumter tries to keep the spotlight on Shauna's case. We were desperate. We were more than desperate. And then the thought came, speak to him. This is the letter that I wrote to the then unknown killer of Shauna. Can I read it? Dear killer, I am the mother of Shauna Denise Hawk. I'm writing to you because you murdered my only daughter in our home on February 19th, 1993 between the hours of 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. I find it so hard to believe that an entire year has gone by since that horrible Friday evening when Shauna's dead body was discovered in the bathtub where you put her. I do not hate you for what purpose that would serve. However, I do want you to come forth and confess to this horrible atrocity you have committed. own a team like how you can own a beach I think it's weird like the beach belongs to the planet you shouldn't be able to own that look we've been I know. <laughs> ripping things from the hands of this beautiful planet ever since she graced us she allowed us to be here yeah. so we're just murdering everybody um, <laughs> Jillian's in a mood today you I'm guys mood. I'm sorry I can't help it at one point Jimmy's basically negotiating against himself he's like what did our equipment manager tell you I'll give you double and another 10 grand I know. and he just wants to I throw know. his dick around and I his know. money around and feel tough but it's like Jimmy you could save a couple thou you just kept your mouth shut they will happily take what T-Bone offered them. Exactly. You're doubling it with an extra 10K on top made of money. Trash money. Cruel and unusual, those fucking air horns. I hate them. But, but, the but they're on purpose. They're just trying to ruin his night. You and, know? But also, that's where the visitor's bench was. Yes. So they were trying to ruin the night of everyone playing the game, too. Yes. Like, can you imagine trying to play a game and that, uh, I hate air horns so much. <laughs>